Hola, hello, hi, bienvenido, and welcome back or welcome to Mentors Today. Ileana, what are you doing today in Guadalajara? Hey, hi, everybody. Hola, ¿cómo están? Well, I'm still building a grocery store in, in Guadalajara. I'm oh, working yeah. for Yema, a supermarket. So it's been a busy month and also exciting moments for the company. We are building the Nuevo Supermercado of the future. Yeah, that's we true. Are, right, we are, we are, Yama is disrupting the traditional grocery industry. Yeah. I love it. And, and in the meantime, you're sending me photos on WhatsApp of you in like construction gear, like just building a building. So that's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like fun. So, hey, we are joined, by the way, speaking of Yama and hot startups in Mexico, we're joined today by a really talented, awesome, good human being and venture capitalist. Yeah, today we are very excited to be joined by Mariano Gonzalez, the founder and general partner of MGB Capital Group. He is the founder and general partner of MGB Capital Group, a venture capital firm enabling massive growth for early stage digital ventures across the U.S. and Mexico. Mariano has over 20 years of experience leading growth strategies, initiatives for Fortune 500 companies and private equity venture capital firms. His career includes a decade of strategy and operations consulting with Booth and Company and several years industry experience in information and technology. As a founder, he has launched several startups in professional services, retail, technology, and gaming. As investor, he focuses on early-stage technology companies, and his global perspective includes engagements in the U.S., U.K., Mexico, Germany, Peru, Colombia, and South Korea. Mariano holds an MBA with distinction from Northwestern University Kellogg School of Management and a Bachelor in Science and Computer Systems Engineer from Tecnológico de Monterrey. He has authored multiple articles on M&A, technology strategy, gaming, and in his recipient of Booth and Company Professional Excellence Awards, the AKI Leadership Award, and others. So, wow. Mariano, welcome. Thank <laughs> you. Welcome. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be here with you. Hola, Eliana. Thank you. Hey, we've got a lot we really want to cover and uncover, frankly. Ile and I are super curious about so much of your background and kind of how you got to today. But let's start with the business. Let's start with the firm, right? So we have a we have a friend who was a guest on the show not too long ago, and he tells us that everybody's story is rooted in basically four questions. Why you? Why now? Why this? And why should people care? So let's look at MGV Capital and your decision to become a venture capitalist through that lens, if you can. Walk us through that. Yeah, absolutely. For me, this is something that I that I wanted to do for a long, long time. My background is in computer systems engineering uh, at Monterey Tech. And for those of us who are a little bit older, if you recall, you know, the world was going to end in 2000 and uh, <laughs> with Y2K and everything. So I took a, uh, I, I, I guess I leveraged that situation to move to the U.S. in 2000 and I, and I stayed. And I always knew that I wanted to be a strategy consultant. I wanted to make an impact and also work solving some of the most complex problems in the different industries in which I would work. So long story short, I loved strategy consulting and I loved, you know, working with companies like Intel, Dell, Southwest, Toyota, and working with their C-level suite in solving their most pressing issues. But something that I always wanted to do was to, I guess, invest, right, in the companies mm -hmm. in which we provided support. 
I always say that once in a while, some of these companies would actually listen and some of them would, you know, would launch the right initiatives, will follow the strategy to the T. And those times I always wanted to invest, but you can't because it would be insider trading. Sure. So what I wanted to do later in my, in my career was to bring that level of uh, robust uh, top tier strategy consulting, but to the venture capital world. While I was researching and thinking about building a fund, I discovered a very important gap in the industry. And mind you, some of my colleagues might disagree with me, (laughs) but I believe that there's a huge gap in understanding and bringing strategy consulting to venture capital. Most VCs in the world are ex-founders. Some of them worked in one or two companies. And mind you, there's a lot of value in having that operational experience. But but what I like to bring to the table when I work with companies is to give them that experience of having worked with countless companies uh, along their growth path in multiple industries and across multiple continents. So so that that was the main reason. Second reason is I recognized that there were a lot of people that who could invest in venture capital but never had access to. Just, I mean, lack of information, lack of opportunity. And uh, if you look at our fund, about 90% of the company, uh, sorry, of the people who have invested in us, for them is the first time ever that they have invested in venture capital. So, so what I wanted to do was a consortium, so to speak, of uh, successful business people new to venture capital and for all of us to grow, to grow together. So, yeah, so that's a, at, a, at a high level why I decided to, to do MGB Capital. So dive down a little bit further. So why, why launch this now? Uh, it, it was the right time, both in terms of my, my personal career. It, it was the right time for me uh, when I left strategy consulting about five, six years ago. I started focusing a lot more on private investments. And it's something that I always liked to do. I mean, I always had this entrepreneurial bug in me since I was a, a kid and I did uh, launch a couple of companies with varying degrees of, of success. So this is something that, that, that I felt I wanted to do and I knew that I wanted to do later in life. So, well, we launched the fund uh, two years ago, but before that, I spent about a year and a half, I guess, earning the right to play in the space, right? And I, I, and I prepared myself and I invested as an angel. I learned about business and then, and then I did the rounds, right? Uh, so particularly being an underrepresented uh, business person or or founder, if you want to, I I work hard to open certain networks. So I did did go to study at Harvard, Stafford, Monterey Tech, uh, and again, just to solidify my strategy in how we were going to go about doing venture capital in a different way, and then giving me the the confidence to to do so. Can you share with us some stories of few companies you have invested in, why are you excited about them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, several, but the two the two that are the, the breakout companies as of now are Plerk and Go. Plerk out of Guadalajara, Mexico. Yes, yeah, it's so a, we just interviewed Mike. Oh, yeah, perfect. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. He's great. We met Mike. And by the way, when I say I met him, uh, once again, all of this is via Twitter, via Zoom. Out of, the, awesome. out, of, out of the 20 companies in which we have invested, I've only met two founders face-to-face and after the fact. But, but going back to your question, wow. yeah, going back to your question, 
We met them right after they had, uh, they went through Y Combinator. They were focusing on the travel industry. They had to pivot significantly from that. So long story short, they are creating something that is very unique. And, uh, and it is a combination of HR and fintech that allows mm-hmm. uh, uh, companies to customize their fringe benefits. If you think about particularly millennials and Gen Zers, uh, some of them are not so preoccupied, I guess, with the standard benefits that companies would provide to them. They're mm-hmm. much more interested in things that are attractive to them, right? So Splurk gives them an opportunity to customize their benefits and they can use it in education, maybe in health, maybe in entertainment and so on and so forth. And that company has grown tremendously over the last 15 months. So in in our portfolio, it represents right now uh, a growth of 9x. I'm -hmm. super, super excited about the company. We have invested in them twice. And we'll see. I mean, we, we have uh, very high hopes of them. That's awesome. See, so, so let's do this. Talk to us a little bit more since we're talking about the, the why you started the fund, which is an awesome story. Tell us a little bit more, like kind of give us like the commercial of MGB. What's the profile? What do you look at? What are you investing in? Where are you focused? Sure, absolutely. So, so MGB Capital invests in companies, first and foremost, that, uh, that are committed to creating value in the U.S. or Mexico. This doesn't mean that we cannot go across borders. We have invested in Argentina, in England, in Canada, under the premise that one of the key markets for the companies are Mexico or the U.S. We focus on three verticals, fintech, consumer tech, and enterprise software. And why do we focus on three as opposed to one the way most people do? A lot of new VCs, a lot of new, yeah, a lot of new VCs are fairly young. And so they focus on you know, on what they know based on, on their experience. My experience is 20 years uh, plus. So those are the, the, the markets that we feel much more comfortable with and, and the ones that, uh, that we can add significantly more value. And it also happens to be that particularly in Latin America and in Mexico, uh, those areas are going through tremendous growth, particularly fintech and consumer tech. Uh, and then finally, we, we invest in pre-seed and seed stage companies. And our average ticket to, to begin with is $100,000. Uh, and with, uh, with our follow-ons, we begin at, uh, at $500,000. Awesome. Okay. So I, I want to inject a, a quick follow-up here because you just said, and by the way, cliches are cliches because they're mostly based in truth, Right. 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 So, so you just said the cliche, like we invest in team, we invest in people, right? We love the people. And yet you opened up by telling us at the beginning of the show that only two of the 20 that you've invested in, have you met in person? So, 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 right. And here's what I love as well, because another aspect of your unique life story is you like me are gray haired guy, right? And so you've got, you've got some life experience underneath you. And so many would assume that your kind of predisposition would be to, well, I, you know, I'm betting on the people, but then I've got to meet the people in person. And you uh, actually, you're actually disproving that thesis completely. And you're, you've leaned fully into this remote distributed kind of a globally accessible world that we live in via the tools and only 10% of your founders that you've bet on the people have you actually even met. So tell us a little bit more about how you feel about that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, that's, that's a great challenge, right? And, uh, I, I, and the way I think about it is, I mean, 
you don't necessarily need to meet face to face. And then you were also part of the pandemic. Uh, we were doing this during the pandemic, right? Uh, as part of our due diligence process, we speak with founders at least four times, right? So the first time it is about to learn about the vision, to get to know them so that they know ourselves. And, uh, and immediately you, you begin to see if there's, if there's alignment in terms of thesis, but also in terms of whether we would, you know, be able to work together. On, on a second call, we, we get more into the unit economics. We, we double down on the competitive landscape and how are they differentiated. On a, on a third call, we, we go through uh, more of the financial and legal aspects. And then, and then finally, on a fourth call, then, then we, we discuss the terms. And essentially, we, we complete any uh, reference checks, reference calls, and, and any final questions that we have. So in those, I don't know, do you want to call it three, four hours of spending time via Zoom, we get to, to know the people very, very well. And some people might might disagree, but uh, but I don't know. I have I I worked about 12, 14 years with Boost and Company, and in those cases, we we hired people after meeting them for you know. I mean, in my case, I, I met with them for for about an hour, right? And I have <laughs> literally hundreds of people that that we that we hired. So I, I believe that I have a lot of experience in engaging uh, uh, people, right? Um, Another cliche is that you is that you hire for attitude and then and then you teach skill, right? And, uh, so, so it's something it's something that I, that I look for, right? And uh, you can tell a lot about a, a lot about a, a person by spending four hours discussing their not only their company but their vision, uh, what they look for in life, why are they doing what they're doing, and so on and so forth. So I I would not say that I do not that I have not met them or that I do not know them. Mm-hmm. I just, I just have, uh, we just have not uh, shook hands. We have right. not shook hands in person. I've been saying a lot lately, the people, the default is to say in real life, right? Versus both. Correct. And, and I've actually started changing that for my own benefit, but to also <laughs> make a point. And I say, this is real life. Like we're literally yeah. talking to you and we're exactly. like, this, it's just the difference being in person. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah, it yeah. makes the total difference. And something that I used to say all the time when I was in strategy consulting, I mean, that's a very demanding uh, lifestyle because you used to fly Monday Monday through Thursday, right? So I always used to say to the leadership that at some point, the companies would have to go down to from four days uh, a week working uh, at the client uh, side to three, right? And and that even if you went, went down to three, it would be a significantly... Uh, a significant improvement in, in, in work-life balance. And all of the old guard would say, no, you're crazy. That will never happen. <laughs> exactly. You need to be face-to-face. And I, and I sent a tweet, I don't know, maybe like last year, saying that reminding people of what I always used to say and acknowledging that I was wrong uh, because you didn't need to be there four days a week. You needed to be there zero days a week. Boom. During the pandemic, it was demonstrated that you can be productive and you can still do everything that you need to do remotely. Mariano Gonzalez, yeah. the king of hot takes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> 
Cool. Hey, so we were wondering, uh, now you told us about the companies that you have invested, and now that we know the focus on of MGV, we would like to know your perspective on cross-border opportunities between Latin America, USA entrepreneurial economies, and LATAM entrepreneurial economies. What do you think there are there there? opportunities. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, 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 that's something that really excites us, right? I mean, nowadays, when you think about a company and where, where they set their beachhead, so to speak, I mean, it, it feels like you no longer can talk about a particular country, right? Particularly in Latin America. Mm-hmm. And Plurk is a great example of it. When they, when they launched their MVP or when they launched their, their beta version, They were focusing on Mexico, right? Only and and, mm-hmm. when, and when they turned the switch, all of a sudden they had their first customers from I think Chile and Colombia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so it's one of those things where you need to be prepared for the for the growth, right? And also uh, nowadays, where it is significantly less expensive to to start a, a company. The minute you start having some success, you'll see some some copycats, right? You need to always have a strategy in terms of how you're going to expand or how you're going to scale your business. Is it going to be geographically? Is it going to be by industry? How are you going to do it? And in defining the areas uh, or the capabilities that are needed for you to be successful and where you'll double down on your investments, it also gives you clarity as to n- where not to play, right? And where not to spend uh, your your resources. So with the companies in which we invest in both US and Mexico, some of them have aspirations to, to expand into a new set of customers, right? Uh, but I have to say the majority of them focus on their own region, so to speak. So, so the US mm-hmm. is focusing in the US, And then people in Mexico are focusing in Latin America. And uh, and I always remind the founders to challenge their thinking that way, right? Uh, because mm-hmm. there will always be opportunity to 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 think about moving from the from Mexico to the US and vice versa sooner as opposed to just essentially, I guess, leaving all of that opportunity for somebody else. And I'm not saying that that every company should do it uh, as part of their you know, first couple of years. But, uh, but what I'm saying is every company should should study the option, should analyze it, and then make a decision yeah. based on, based on data. Add it in the, in the roadmap of their company. Yeah, like absolutely. maybe we can expand to another country eventually. Yeah, we do with this and that. And, and even if you think about how you structure your company, it, it, it helps tremendously, right? If you know that, let's say, you're going to be a, a, a company that is going to focus on Latin America, uh, a lot of people might say that uh, that setting up shop as a C corporation in Delaware might not be the best structure, right? The best structure might be a sandwich structure using the Cayman Islands. Whereas if you think that you are going to expand into the U.S. in the future, then, then you might want to go with a more traditional route. So there's multiple ways uh, or there are multiple reasons for you to, to think about your expansion plans, even when you are very early in, in your journey. See. So, you know, Mariano, just from prepping you for the show, that the, the big purpose of our show is to tell the human stories behind all the entrepreneurial economy of, of the Americas, right? And so we would love 
to understand. You've mentioned her already once as one of, as your co-conspirator in some of your entrepreneurial work and your earlier life, your wife. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your family and the family that's behind you. Where are you from originally? Have you lived in San Antonio your whole life? Like, tell us more of the, the Mariano's human story. Yeah, I'm from a very uh, what I what used to be a very small town in in Mexico. It's called Coatzacoalcos, Veracruz. It's in the southeast. Mm, and cool. uh, there's a lot of oil and gas industry in there. So a lot of my family uh, ha- has has worked in that industry. Uh, but I was I was the kid who who was. Uh, I mean, just like many people in my generation, I, I fell in love with video games, and uh, and I and I really wanted to 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 contribute to to that industry, and uh, and because of video games, I I decided to to learn English at a very early age. I moved to the U.S. when I was fourteen to study one year abroad, and uh, and I think I decided like at fifteen, sixteen that I was going to be a computer systems engineer. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so I, 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 it was always on my sides to, to, to migrate to the U S. Uh, I still root for the Mexican national team in soccer, <laughs> but, but You're still, it's still about El, El tree, right? Oh man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but, uh, but, but now I, I feel like I can achieve with the Olympics, right? Because the U S always wins. Right. So now, uh, but, but anyway, so, so I, I can root for both, but, uh, but, but 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 essentially that was that was my I, I guess the, the 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 reason for me to be in technology. Uh, okay. I'm a I'm a gamer and I have always been. So when I mentioned earlier consumer tech, uh, I include gaming as part of that. So super excited about all new developments that are happening with Web three, particularly with uh, play to to earn models. And uh, so uh, you should expect for us to to announce some investments on that front shortly. Awesome. Um, but uh, but then yeah, I mean uh, I met my wife um, uh, in in college. Uh, uh, she was an economist uh, one one year after me, and uh, and again back in two thousand there was a lot of demand for IT professionals, and uh, and one day. You know, uh, my wife was just going through the job boards uh, from Monterey Tech, and she said, "Hey, it looks like uh, you know, they, uh, in Chicago, they need someone that does exactly what you do." And uh, and I ended up applying, and uh, and a couple of weeks later, I had an offer. So <laughs> so we moved to Chicago in 2000, and uh, so I have, and uh, yeah, and Laura has always been with uh, with, with 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 me. Uh, even before we got married, right? I mean, I, I met her back in college, and we have two kids, uh, 15 and 13. Uh, they are, of course, very good gamers. Uh, I still beat them. <laughs> I, I still beat them in in, in in a few games, but uh, but in general, they're better than than, than me. And, uh, and we we moved from Chicago to Dallas. Uh, and then finally, we landed in San Antonio. Uh, my wife, after spending about uh yeah about 10 years raising our kids decided that she wanted to go go back to work and the more we thought about it the more we decided you know what let's let's just do something on our own right and maybe franchising is the is the best way to do so okay. uh, uh, we were very fortunate uh, i mean we analyzed like 35 different businesses but we were very fortunate to to find a business that aligned with her skill set, with uh, her values, and uh, and it, she's very very happy about it, and uh, and she's very successful at it. 
So, so yeah, so that's a little bit about, about my story. All of my family lives in, lives in Mexico, in, in okay. either in Veracruz or in Monterrey. Okay. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, they, they all come here for shopping, right? So I, I, <laughs> of course. So I get to see them. So I get to see them all the time. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing. Uh, like we said, there's so many amazing he- people. And that's, uh, you know, you and I found each other on Twitter. And for some reason, you vibe on Twitter and you realize like, hey, this is a good person right behind these tweets and these texts. And Yeah, no, um, thank you. I, I, re- I really appreciate you saying that. And obviously, the, 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 the feeling is mutual. And something that I learned over the last two years in which I've been involved in venture capital is that, uh, I mean, something that I really like in comparison to strategy consulting is that in strategy consulting, everything was super competitive, right? And uh, and another way to say it is uh, there was no reason for me to talk to any of my competitors. See, absolutely, see. absolutely not, right? Whereas in whereas in VC is more more of a of a of a frenemy type of environment, right? In the see. sense in the sense that. You never invest alone. Uh, it, uh, you know, there is value in in, in finding your click, and uh, and yes, of course, all of us compete. Uh, but there, you know, I mean, none of us can invest in every single company that we want to. So so it helps to to create those those networks, um, and in and in having those conversations, in having those uh, discussions on Twitter. Then you find your tribe, right? Then you realize the people who who are in it for the right reasons, vis-a-vis other people that might be self-serving. And once again, I have to go back to my intuition, just based on on having worked with, I mean, literally thousands of people, right? And I, and I think it's very important in all facets of life to to surround yourself with uh, with people who want the best for you. Uh, that's awesome. I, I love the human, I love the human insights. <laughs> I yeah. right. Ile, Ile, I give it to you, my friend. Okay. So as Rob, you tell you, uh, mentors of today have the objective of to make the guest the mentor of the day. So today you are the mentor of the day and we would like you to share with us three pieces of advice for our entrepreneurs in Latin America and the USA. Sure. Absolutely. Happy to. Uh, I, I think, I think the first one would be, to, to make sure that uh, that as an entrepreneur you understand the type of business that you are building, uh, th- the reality is that uh, most first-time founders do not understand from the get-go if their company is a company that can be backed by venture capital or if it is a company that can be significantly profitable but but more of a, a lifestyle business. And, uh, and the fact of the matter is that you have to think about what you are really uh, uh, comfortable with and what you and what the business calls for. Because if you do not need uh, uh, venture capital uh, funds, then then don't get then then don't waste time and uh, and just uh, and just use other other resources. Uh, so it's so very important to think about the type of business that you're building. The second thing, and, and this, and you, you'll hear me, you know, talk about strategy all the time. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I always say that uh, you know how everybody's an expert in football and politics, and lately, uh, I guess war and epidemics. Right. Uh, yes. Apparently, everybody's an expert in strategy, right? And uh, and no, that is that is not true, right? And uh, so so my 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 advice here is at least in your life, 
be strategic in, in everything that you do, right? I mean, life and, and, and of course, uh, this applies to your business. It's all about making decisions, right? Uh, and, and deciding what to do with the limited resources that you have for your disposal. So always, always be strategic in, in what you are focusing on. Uh, and that'll help you tremendously because most people are tactical in nature. And then finally, I guess my maybe my most important piece of advice is just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> ignore, ignore the naysayers. Um, I mean, they, 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 they should have absolutely no bearing in, in what you do. Uh, and I'll tell you from personal uh, experience, at every single step in my career, every single uh, success or progress that I've ever had, uh, every single time people have told me or insinuated that I was not going to be able to do it. And, uh, and thankfully, the vast majority of the time, they have been wrong. So, so just go for it. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing with us your tips. Uh, that's very inspiring. And please, before we leave, can you please tell us where we can find you on social media? Yeah. Uh, so when, when I'm not working 24-7, you can I was going to say, you're, you're working 24-7. <laughs> In Twitter, always. <laughs> uh, so you can find me. The easiest way to find me is on Twitter. Uh, uh, my name is, my full name is Mariano Gonzalez, uh, Vasconcelos. And my, I guess my nick is MGV underscore VC. And uh, that was the easiest way to, to, to find me. And uh, my DMs are open uh, and uh, my contact information as well. So, uh, so yeah, feel free to reach out. And, uh, and believe me, we'll do everything in our power to, to help you in any way we can. That's awesome. Mariano, yeah, hey, so I, we both thank you so much for your time and your story. At the end of the day, Mentors Today's whole thesis, why Ileana and I decided to launch this together back in the middle of the pandemic was to tell the stories of people whose stories just don't get told enough and to tell the human stories behind the entrepreneurial economies that we're really passionate about, which is the America. So you are the perfect example of that. So we're grateful that you let us share a little bit of your story with more people today. So thanks. No, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to, to, to shake your hands in person in the next few months. See, ciao. Awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank you so much. Take care. Gracias. Bye-bye. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Today's show was recorded in Los Angeles and Guadalajara, produced by Deanna Bernal in Mexico City, and promoted by the content team at Growth Hacks in Tijuana, Mexico. You can always find and share our show via any popular podcasting platform, as well as find us on social media at Mentors Today on Instagram. If you'd like to connect with our hosts, you can find them on Twitter or Instagram at I am Rob Ryan or at Ileana J-A-F. Gracias, thank you, and we'll see you next time.